It's the lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for amazing deals days until February 16th. 0% financing up to 60 months on select remaining in-stock 2023 GMC Sierra half-tons. Plus a $5,000 cash discount. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. Are you happy you played your song? You're all happy now that you played your favorite country music song ever? I'm very happy. No, this, right. this is this is just a good song. All right. I don't even when I when I think of country, I don't even think of that song because I like that song so much. And you I think, think when you think of country, you think of all the horrible songs that are yes. country music. Yes. The 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 unlimited songs that are just putrid that are country music. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Clergy, Swifties, and now country music. Yes. Yeah. I'm establishing a good list of things he's, I hate here. He's a bold guy yeah. going after those three groups in I, particular. You I, know what? I'm going to advise you never to take a trip to the American South because I don't <laughs> think you do too well down there. I think next he'll take on oceans. You know, water well, is bad, and here's why. Like know. the CEO of Nestle. This guy doesn't think water's <laughs> a right. That's what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I don't have a water bottle beside me in any way. Water stinks. I don't like water. Well, well. Stand for something or die for anything, right? Well, water stand for a lot of things right now. Water is important, <laughs> you know. Just so you know, it's kind of a big deal. Ask Joey Smallwood. Mm. Uh, this comes from Spinner from Edmonton North. Really, Al? You said the draft lottery was rigged in Chicago's favor for Bedard, but was legit during the Oilers' decade of top ten picks, including four first overall picks that included Connor McDavid. Give me a break. Okay. Mm. Well. I don't care. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. Because <laughs> it benefited you. I feel like I like to pits on, pick on Chicago. The Blackhawks as an organization have, have. Um, I mean, if any, if any organization deserved to be punished somehow. Yes. And so karma will get them. I know that. And I, I wish nothing but good for Connor Bedard. I think he's a wonderful player. I don't think he's McDavid, but I think he's a wonderful player. But... I just think the 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 hockey gods needed the NHL maybe to just do something after all that occurred with the Blackhawks, and and then on top of that they get Bedard. Yeah, it just it just reeks, man. As an organization, morally corrupt is the tip of the iceberg, and then they're rewarded with the generational talent. So I see I I see where you're coming from. But like you said, I I wish nothing but the best for Connor sure. Bedard. I oh, think he's no. a great player. Yeah. I predi- predicted he's going to win the Rocket within three years, and I stand he, by that. He's really? pl- he's yeah. playing in the most gorgeous uniform. Oh, like oh he looks good God. in it. He flies he does. Out there. Well, I mean, it's just like Suits how could you look bad in that thing? Is well, I guess if I wore one, but you know, if you're if you're an athlete hockey player wearing that thing, and I think the 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 red one's the nicest, right? Is it the most gorgeous uniform, though? Well, the, I love the Bruins, but I'm very biased. See, I'll be honest. I think the Seattle Kraken might have the best jersey in the you're, NHL right now. You're a turquoise guy. I, I love I, I, I love those light blues, and I think that's one of the nicest jerseys. Well, I think if you're talking history. like aesthetically, I think the Sharks is gorgeous too. Uh, very nice uniform. I'm, I'm again. I never got behind the turquoise teal that you guys seem to be uh, riding highly. I never. No, well, I, just, I'm a Bruins guy. Like I, yeah. the Bruins, the one in the '72 Opeechi photograph, Bobby Orr in the dark, the black Bruins uniform. Yeah. For me, that's peak uniform, peak jersey. What you can't f- get better than that. One of my favorites was the alternate Rangers navy blue with the Statue of Liberty as the emblem. One that from was last I, year. 
Did they wear it last year? Uh, they had one with the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it was the it Rangers. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was an unbelievable jersey. They, they did that recently. Too. They had yeah. one. Uh, I always for, equated to Strutty scoring in that one shootout, followed by Malik, who scored uh, the uh, the tweener there <laughs> to be the hero. I always think of it that when I think of those jerseys. In seventy, well, I guess it was seventy six because that was the two hundred year anniversary of uh, America becoming America. They had really cool jerseys. The the Rangers did. Yeah. There's some good ones out there. Some good ones out there. And there's also some bad ones out there. Mm. Low Chad, I feel like the concerns of fans have right now is that the Oilers' bottom six doesn't match up with the top six for Vegas, L.A. Ravs. It's going to be a bottom six game with teams in the playoffs. Vegas was a test. L.A. another test. Great show, by the way. Patrick from Beaumont. Well, Patrick, I, I here's what the Oilers could do. They could run McDavid, Dreisaitl, McLeod, and Holloway on the four lines as centerman, right? And then you could run uh, a, a, a solid veteran winger on each line. And then if they had given Raphael Lavoie some, some opportunity to make the NHL and play in the NHL, they might be able to, and I'm not saying put Gagne and Holloway and Lavoie together, but I am saying that, that if you had... Um, like, Lavoie has size, and he's got a great release. And the Oilers do have eight wingers who can play. So you could do that, but that's not the choice. They want Holloway and McLeod, and you can see why. They're so fast. Um, but they can do it. They could They could have a really good fourth line in the playoffs. What do you think? Holloway in the fourth line? Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, him playing third with McLeod, there is just so much speed on that line, but I worry a little yeah. bit about the putt, like... Neither of those guys, I don't think, like, they can't create plays, right? They can't drive a play on their own, which isn't necessarily expected as a third-line guy. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd probably keep Holloway on the third, actually. I'm going to retract a little bit. I think they should trade for Philip Tomasino. Mm. Nashville Predators, he can't get get a job there. He does play center, but he's more of a wing. He's right-handed. That's a guy, man. He's there. They never, ever, every year they send him out, they're not. There's something about him they don't like. The, the orders have got to get inexpensive and not always slow, old, and expensive. That's why Broberg and Holloway are important that you keep them. Well, fast, young, and inexpensive is going to cost a little more to... Yeah, but so Tomasino's available. He doesn't yeah. cost a lot, and they don't, they don't like him enough to play him. Randy says, so fast and never take the puck to the net. Th- that's a criticism that is leveled at uh, uh, McLeod. I don't know about Holloway, uh, and Fogel takes the puck to the net. But I think that McLeod has been better at that recently. McLeod scores goals at five on five. He did a year ago too. Holloway is the worry, but he's scoring lately. The last ten games, he's been pretty good. I just reject the idea that the 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 four, third and fourth lines aren't doing anything. The fourth line doesn't play very much. Yanmark has one point in the last ten games and a point six six points per sixty which means if he had a second one, he'd be 1.32 and nobody would be talking about it. You can't get angry at one, a lack of one point. He just doesn't play very much. I said earlier, part of me wants Morgan Riley to get a small fine. As a person who enjoys outrage, I think that could fuel the entire day. And Andrew D says, you're just saying that for clickbait. I didn't have anything for people to click on. I don't think any reasonable sports fan could suggest this type of play doesn't deserve a significant disciplinary action. 
I know they won't, but Dale Hunter's 21-game suspension set a precedent, and this was worse, in my opinion. I don't know about worse. It was similar, but I don't think it was worse. Well, Donovan made a great point yesterday when we were chatting about it. Was it worse than David Perron's? To me, it wasn't. You watch David yeah. Perron's again, and yeah. it's on Zub, who did literally nothing. Yeah. Zub was just standing there. And well, it Perron, wasn't even him that he was, you know, he, wasn't, he shouldn't have been the target. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So, And Perron comes up and gives him probably the most vicious cross-check mm. I've seen in my time watching the NHL in the face, and it's it's terrible. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Is and how much did two. he get? Uh, six games. So yeah. to me, to me, Riley's isn't worse than Perron's. So I'm saying it's either five or six in my mind. It could be, could I be said, maybe four, but I I said five. Yeah, I said eight, and I think that was a little too much. But the thing for me was, but that's was, you all the time. You're always overboard. I yeah, maybe never, I, I just never you know I. I have a thing for discipline, I guess. To me, it was just, it was out. The play was dead. It was Bush League. It was quote unquote a defenseless player. I mean, I know you got to expect that kind of thing when you take a clapper and do an empty net, but I, there was just a lot about it I didn't like. But I've, I've been swayed a little bit. I've heard differing opinions. Jason put it out to the text line yesterday. How many games do you think? How many games will he get? A lot of people said two. A lot of people said three. It was, it was lower numbers than I thought. I've walked it back a little bit, but I can't get over. When the play is dead like that, it was just so Bush League. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I think it, you know, if it's if it's five, Riley hurt his team. Yeah, and uh, so it, you know, and I and I think that it's such it's so brazen. That's part of the problem, is that that in a weird way, like he had time to rethink it. And like I, yeah. I if you're if you're um, Greg Ridley, Greg, and you make that, I was surprised Greg didn't have his hands up. Yeah. Because you had to know it was coming, right? He was almost skating like nothing was wrong. He was just heading back to the bench to dap up his teammates. Like, he didn't even think twice about it. But yeah. Somebody said, uh, it was so funny, and I, I'm going to get it wrong, but they had the picture of, of Greg scoring into the empty net, and they said, he's only 73 more behind Alex Ovechkin, or whatever Ovechkin's number is. <laughs> For empty netters, yeah. I thought that was very funny. It was very well done. Empty, uh, the all-time leading empty net uh, goal scorer in NHL history, Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. I think he only has like 13, though, 13 or 14. I'd have to double-check that. But yeah, it's not it's not a crazy, crazy number. Oh, I think it's larger than that, though. I I, well, we'll have to look it up. Well, Wayne Gretzky had it before. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's a much larger number. Than I don't think it's that much. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a lot larger. I think it's 13. like unless I, unless maybe I was maybe I was doing it for most. In, I was thinking most in a season. F- Fifty-seven. I yeah. Think okay. I was. I must have been thinking most empty netters in a season. Then. I yeah. Apologize. Well, I mean, you know, again with your number, yeah. you you are just wildly hyperbolic when mm-hmm. it comes to numbers. I am. That was you a know. big miss, though. That was a swing and a miss. Like but. the Canadian dollars worth two cents, American. Yeah. That sort of thing. I know. <laughs> All over the maps. I'm, I never get it right. I'm just saying, uh, Malik Carney now with the Riders. They're, are you happy? You must be happy with your Riders. I am. They're making moves. Malik Carney is a great addition to that defensive line. Micah Johnson as well. AJ Oled in the backfield. This team is making moves. I, like I said, I don't like the loss to Tevin Jones. I think he was poised to take a big step. But well, he had a good year big, too. Yeah, he did yeah. over 880 yards on what was it like 65 targets? Like he had a nice little share of the uh, of the targets in the receiving core there. I think the the Okay, that brings me to a point. Okay. You, you two were rambling on like you always do about whatever, but you made a point about the 49ers wide out. What's uh, that? What's going on there? Uh, Brandon Ayuk. So, um, all pro. All pro wide all receiver, pro. 1,300 yards. He, um, his girlfriend and his uh, best friend, who he quoted, his, his best friend called him his brother, um, they both took to Twitter 
last night slash this morning and said that Brandon Ayuk, uh, his girlfriend said, this is likely the last time we will ever step foot in uh, Levi Stadium. Is, Levi, is, yep. yep, Levi Stadium. Formerly known as Candlestick. Yep. And then um, his his best friend said, uh, this is why we will not be returning to San Francisco. Oh, dear. Three mm. catches uh, for a 1,300-yard all-pro receiver. Uh, it's, it's not a good look. So will Brandon Ayuk come back next year i have no idea but uh the, the 49ers have the option to bring him back or or trade him he's not a free agent so not a good look for his camp i don't think and not a good look i mean like you use who you use in the super bowl right like juan jennings well, you go was with really somebody, going yeah you you you've, you've got to like i don't think it I, I think it's i think it's a bad look because you lost the game and now you're about me but yeah. wide receivers, I mean, I, my only surprise is that he doesn't play for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, maybe that's where he's going next. Personally, I get it. This guy was brutally overthrown in the first quarter on what it was a what would have been a gimme touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, when Brock Purdy tried to force one and another, another bad throw, Brandon Ayuk ran a perfect slant route and was wide open. And Brock Purdy is a guy who lately has been getting a lot of praise, but we've seen him and we've talked about it. When he is less than 100% with his weapons, he takes a, takes a back seat. He takes a big step back. And I think Brock Purdy's a fine quarterback. I'm not here to poo-poo Brock Purdy because I do think he's a good quarterback. Did in the you NFL. just say poo-poo Brock, Brock Purdy? Yeah. yeah. What am I, Wouldn't what that am be I, a good dance song? <laughs> we should we should write it. But I'm saying Brandon Ayuk, I think, is now hearing some noise that Brock Purdy's this guy and, you know, went from Mr. Irrelevant to being the, the guy who's going to lead the 49ers to the promised land. And and Brandon Ayuk is sitting here saying, I was the guy who was the all-pro this year. I had 1,300 yards. I'm the guy who needs to get the ball in these big play situations. I didn't get it. I didn't give my, my team a chance to, you know, win the big game. I was overthrown on what was going to be a sure touchdown. I was missed on another route. I completely get his frustration. I think he's playing with a less than top 10 quarterback and it's start, it's caught up with him. And in the Super Bowl, everything is exemplified. I think we've seen it here. I, I just think it, there are other ways to handle it instead of saying, I, you know, I'm taking my ball and go home. By the way, we will take a break. Daniel Nutrin Bowman on the way. This is out um, like the last hour or so. Uh, and I'm quoting Andrew Marchand from The Athletic. ESPN and college football have, are in agreement on a six-year, $7.8 billion rights extension uh, pending the CFP resolving all of its outstanding issues. The good thing is a lot, I mean, a lot of that $7.8 billion goes right to the players. Uh, did, did you hear what I said? Oh, yeah. It goes to the players. I didn't know if it warranted a response. College right. football? Yeah. None of it goes to the players. College oh. football. Is a $7.8 billion deal with sorry. ESPN. I'm That's s- not going to the players. I'm starting to think I might have misheard you because I was reading the text line. Yeah, I they're, was reading the text they, line as well. They're get, they, they can't, you can't buy them a hamburger. They are part of a $7.8 billion industry. Yes. And they get Jack Doodley. This is immoral. Oh, at the very least, criminal would be a better yes. word. Billion dollar industry. The kids who make it happen are going to be working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car next year. Ninety percent of them. This. I just free hate CTE. This. Billion dollar industry, and they can't get a free meal on campus because it would right. be unfair. To and the other these students. guys are going to have know what brain else? damage, and God knows what else wrong with them, and they get paid nothing. You know why else there's a there's, you know why there's a lacrosse team at Ohio State. You know why there's a because water polo team? team because the football team is worth two billion dollars and brings in hundreds of millions every year for that university. It is a 
joke. It is a sham. It is criminal. These kids deserve salaries. They deserve to be paid. NIL is not enough. You can make some decent pocket change off NIL deals. That's great. They need to be getting salaries. It's a joke. Amen. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. I traded all for a hug from UP. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Courtesy WolfGMCBuick.com. Hanging around until 2 o'clock today. Jason Greger hits the radio at 2. I'm joined by Donovan Paulson, who's producing, and Declan Kruger, who's kind of listening, kind of paying attention. But it's a long day, and his attention span wavers. So we're just, we're hanging out, and we're having a good time. And we're now joined by Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Uh, great writing lately. I loved your two pieces that I saw, Jack Campbell, Philip Broberg, uh, in Bakersfield. Uh, two players kind of on opposite ends of their career. Let's start with Jack Campbell. You know, he's playing well, but as you said in your piece, I don't I don't know if the opportunity is coming, and I don't know if it's coming in Edmonton. Uh, what's that? My attention span wavers, too. Uh, <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? See, it's a trend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jack Campbell... Everyone, I think, kind of knows his, his lot in life here with the Oilers, right? I mean, um, since he was sent down at the beginning of November or a week into November, um, he's kind of been stuck in no man's land, really. Um, his first three games were pretty bad in Bakersfield. And, you know, in speaking with Ken Holland, he said, you know, that's the one thing I regret is, is throwing him into the fire right away after a pretty life-altering, uh, you know, move that, um, that he he put Campbell through it, whether it's warranted or not, putting him on waivers and knowing that he would clear and putting him, you know, in the American Hockey League where he spent a lot of time in his pro career. So, um, since then, he's played after those three games, got a couple of blips here and there, but but generally speaking, has played very well. But there's nowhere for him to go. I mean, you look at what's happened here in the, with the Oilers, obviously they've had tremendous success. And a, a, a small part, but a part of that reason for the success is the play of, of Calvin Pickard in a backup role. Um, and he makes a you know a considerable amount less than Jack Campbell. I know uh, obviously the Oilers get some cap relief for having um, Campbell in the minors, but if they were to flip those two goaltenders, uh, they'd be adding almost 400 grand to their cap for one thing, and for another thing, the way Calvin Pickard's playing at that that uh, you know small salary, it's actually less than than league minimum. There's a good chance he'd be claimed on on waivers, and that would uh, you know hurt their their debt at the goaltending position. So. Really, Campbell is waiting for an injury um, uh, to even have a chance of being called up, regardless of how well he's played, and, and that's um, a really tough spot for somebody of, of you know with his stature uh, and with his certainly with his uh, contract to, to be in. So uh, he's obviously put on a pretty brave face down there, and, and you know after that that uh, tough spot at first uh, played very well, but um, certainly not you know a spot where he wants to be, in, and obviously ideally for the organization. Uh, for him to be there with with that contract, it it doesn't look good on the GM. So, making the best of a lousy situation, but again, not a good one for anyone involved. It's true, and I, the, you know, I have a. Um, for me, you can see that this is a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. He's been he was ridiculously honest here. Uh, from all accounts, he's been a great teammate in Bakersfield. But I I also think that if he came back and <clears throat> they trusted him and he lost a pivotal game, for instance, that, that management and coaching would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, um, his time in Edmonton just has not been good, right? Like, yeah, he had a, a few good relief appearances for Stuart Skinner. Um, he had a, you know, second game of the year was, was very good in Nashville. 
but he signs that big deal, comes over, and he essentially loses his spot, you know, a handful of weeks into the season by American Thanksgiving of last season. And, you know, that, that net belonged to, to Stuart Skinner. And, yeah, he won the starting job out of, um, out of training camp this year, at a very good training camp. But, um, you know, and certainly Stuart Skinner didn't play well early on, too, but they weren't going to risk putting Stuart Skinner on waivers. It was going to be Jack Campbell, who Ken Holland knew was not going to clear. But his time in, in Edmonton, there's there's no mincing words. It's been disastrous. And, um, you, you know, we're, we don't know what exactly the future is going to look like here. Um Campbell like was pretty clear he wants to play in the NHL. He he still thinks very you know he has a lot of self belief, a lot of self confidence. He thinks he could be a key part of a Stanley Cup winning team. I don't know if that's happening here in Edmonton this year or any time. Um, a big decision has to be made um, for him or with him in the off season with his contract. Um, we've talked a lot about you know the the Flyers uh, getting Cal Peterson, the Kings having to pay a lot to 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 get out from under that contract. Campbell would be I think much worse. Um, and the buyout obviously goes to 2030. So there's a, there's a lot, uh, there's a big decision to be made and, and one that obviously can wait till the off season. But uh, for now, I think he, he's steadfast or he's locked into the being that third option and, and, you know, could get time in the playoffs if, you know, there's an injury or something like that. But, but clearly the net is Stuart Skinner's and, and Calvin Pickard's right behind him. So, and, and then your, your uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from the Athletic on Sports fourteen forty. Your Broberg article was was excellent as well. But there was also was some nice piece of news in there. If you're an Oilers fan who believes in Broberg, sounds like Ken Holland is not interested in make, making a move of his big Swedish defenseman. Yeah, I mean Ken Holland. I mean that's his first draft pick as well as general manager a few years ago, back in twenty nineteen. He's been on the job for for very little time, and and was pretty clear he wanted to take that player. He's been steadfast in his belief in this player, and so that comes as no surprise that he doesn't have um, interest in moving him. Now, will he move him? I I um, I'm not. Um, I think it's a possibility. Also, you know, let me phrase it like that. I mean, he's clearly, aside from maybe their first round pick this year, that like the best asset that they have in a trade. Yeah, he hasn't shown a lot in the NHL uh, at the NHL level. He hasn't played a lot, but he's 22 and has a lot of promise. And um, uh, you know, has a cheap contract. Uh, obviously, the last year of his entry level, and again, hasn't performed enough at this level. Um, to warrant any kind of big extension or anything like that. So, you know, whoever acquires him would be getting him um, not only cheap for the rest of this year, for the last, you know, 20-odd games, or, um, but uh, with the potential to get him locked into a one- or two-year contract at a pretty at a pretty reasonable level, too. So there should be a lot of value in this player. Um, yeah, I, I, he wants to, like, he put on a brave face, too, and, and said all the right things when I spoke to him in Bakersfield. But there's no question, he wants to play in the NHL as well. I mean, go back to the start of December when, um, you know, uh, he was seeking a trade. And uh, the Oilers then, a couple of days later, sent him down uh, to the minor leagues to finally get him some pre- playing time because he'd been up for eight games and only played in six of them and, and as a seventh defenseman in both of those games. So um, there's a lot kind of to think about with this player in terms of, you know, he's five years into his pro career, uh, post-draft, I mean, two in Sweden and three in North America. Uh, you, you know, I'm sure everyone want, would have liked for him to be further along at this point, but opportunity has been pretty sparse for this player too. And any time that there's been a little bit of traction or a little bit of, um, you know, cause for optimism, uh, whether when it comes to Broberg, uh, the, you know, the most recent example, uh, the potential for him to be paired with Matthias Ekholm coming out of training camp, something happens, and in that case, it was Ekholm getting hurt and and them really changing their plans after getting 
crushed in Vancouver in the in the um, in the season opener. So um, it's really hard for the organization to judge this player. I, Colin Chalk said it best. I, I, he said, you know, I, I think they sent him down because they don't really know what they had in this player, and he's really showing a lot of nice signs there in Bakersfield. But um, you know, five years into his career, I think everyone would like for him to be further along, and I think Broberg uh, is in that boat too because he, he would like to get to the NHL level as quickly as possible here. Uh, Daniel, uh, the a lot of of uh, online chatter about the lack of offense over the last ten games or so from the third and the fourth line. Actually, McLeod and Holloway have scored pretty well. Gagne too when he's in the lineup. But but the the top line of McDavid, Hyman, and Nuge over the last ten games been a little bit of a power outage there, and and certainly in the last game. Uh, Connor McDavid bobbling pucks and and just you know not not in character with what we expect of him. I don't I don't believe have any reason to believe that there's an issue at all. He's not forty. I don't think he's hurt. But this is just one of those periods of time where sometimes you know in a long season or a, a you know mid career things can go awry for a ten game period. Seems to me that the Oilers need McDavid uh, at five on five to pot some more goals and and we're likely to see that. Fair. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly going through a little bit of a dry spell as he did, uh, and certainly not to the same degree as he did um, earlier in the year. Um, the teams are winning, aside from two of the last three, because they've they've had contributions from other spots of the lineup. And, of course, the defense is much better. Uh, the defensive play, the goaltending, all the rest of that is much better than it was earlier in the year. So um, I think when you look at McDavid, um, it's pretty unlikely that he's going to get that, that – uh, that latest start Ross Trophy this year. He's, he's a well, you know, ways back in the scoring race. Obviously, he's you know the oldest leading scorer and and within shouting distance. But um, he's had more dry spells this year than than in other years. Um, certainly, uh, two of the last three with you know last year with the, the point production he put up, and then you know going back to the Canada only COVID year in 56 games when he had 105 points. But um, yeah, I, I think um, you know he's he's now 27. He's approaching the I, I don't want to date him here or make him seem old but he is he's you know approaching 30 and getting to the the second closing in on the second half of his career and that's when typically you know the the production level start to go down and and I don't think we're quite at that stretch yet because he's still you know a very very elite offensive player um but you know it, it, he's not going to be that that guy quote unquote forever so um, they need other guys around him to, to pick up the slack when he does go through these um, tougher spells. And, you know, they're trying to kind of find the right combination for, for Leon Dreisaitl on the second line. I have, I have no issues with that top line with, with Nugent Hawkins and, and Hyman alongside McDavid. They've, they've shown well enough, like, uh, you know, to, to for, for anyone to have the confidence in them. Now, you know, will there be tweaks along the, uh, along the rest of the way? Of, uh, of course there will be, I, I, you know. McDavid and Dreisaitl tend to play together. You know, you could see Nugent Hopkins at center. Uh, you know, there's lots of different possibilities as we've seen with this team over and over. But I think you want to see more production down the lineup. And, uh, you know, the fourth line to me, you know, with, with Connor Brown and with the TSM mark on it is a bit of a of a, um, a black hole offensively. Um, I think as the trade deadline comes around and they are likely, I would say, to get a, another winger in a top six, top nine area, and that would maybe drop somebody like Corey Perry down to the bottom. Um, uh, you know, maybe Gagne finally finds a way to get into a few more games, um, and that could kind of, uh, you know, result in a bit more of an offensive uptick 
uh, lower down the lineup. But, you know, when it comes to McDavid, I, I don't see any issues with, with him. I mean, it's the production is not quite as, you know, as, as high as it was last year. Um, but he's still, in my mind, the best player in the league. Yeah, I agree. And also, you know, he had an 18.2 shooting percentage a year ago, easily his best in his career. It's 13.4, which is, is you know, still below his, his career average of 15.4, uh, and he's shooting a little bit less, but mm-hmm. I, he's still such a productive player. I, I I just really hesitate to be highly critical. I think your point is, is, is very well taken, where we know that he's going to have a long career and very successful, but he is at a certain age where the model suggests that that you know, you know, and I don't want to cast aspersions or in any way because he'll probably fill the net tonight. But he's 27, uh, and that you know you're sort of leaving the window of peak when you're that age, and maybe he's doing right. that, right? Yeah, and I mean, I would say you mentioned the shooting stats, the percentages, all the rest of that, the fact that he's shooting less, and, and that's pretty noticeable. He's been passing up. Uh, more shots uh, than he did last year where he made like a really conscious effort to use his shot more, to shoot more from distance, um, to be more assertive around the net. Um, and, and I mean, some of that is, has resulted in, you know, a career goal scoring season from, or soon to be career goal scoring season from Zach Hyman, right? Yeah. Um, he's making other players around him better. So even when his offensive stats aren't as great, his goal scoring stats aren't as great, um, other players are so I mean that that speaks to the kind of player he is but yeah I mean you know 153 I believe points last year um I think he's still going to be in that ballpark for a couple more years but you know he's look at somebody like Sidney Crosby who who obviously never got to that uh point in in a little bit different era um you know the numbers start to go down at some point and, and they will eventually for McDavid but that doesn't mean he can't be uh considered and can't be uh you know called a very great player uh which he certainly is uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic on Sports 1440. Final one for you. Uh, there have been, like from cre- Elliot and others, some credible reports of the Oilers at least, you know, interested should Jake Ansel ever, you know, become available for trade. There's two things about that. I, like, I don't know how you'd get that player on the roster in terms of cap. Obviously, Pittsburgh would have to swallow half of the cap and you'd have to spend, a, you know, send a Fogel or, or you know, CC or Kulak over. But from an asset point of view, I don't see... I don't see Ken Holland trading the first or other players for a rental purely. Do you? Mm, maybe somebody like Gensel, yeah. But I, I, it's never been his MO. It's never been something that he's wanted to do. But I go back to talking to Jeff Jackson a couple of weeks ago, and he said everything is uh, is on the table in that regard, and it should be. Like, they shouldn't be giving up a first-round pick. Um, you know, to, you know, I, I look at some other first, you know, those types of deals and, and, um, in the cap era, like Paul Gostad or giving up a first for Nick Foligno, or they shouldn't be giving up a first for that type of player. Mm-hmm. But if it's a, if it's a first for potential game breaker or, or I don't know if I call Gensel quite the game breaker on an Oilers team with, with dry and McDavid, et cetera. But I mean, you'd be an exceptional con- uh, complimentary piece. Um, yeah, I, I would certainly consider it for sure. I mean, this is their time to win. They've got a great team. They they can win. You know, playoffs are a bit of a crapshoot with with injuries and and goaltending and puck luck and stuff like that. But you got to put yourself in the best position to win. And, and now's the time to do that. Um, Gensel would be a very nice piece. And, and and I think they they can do it the ways you've kind of uh, illustrated. And they've been fortunate to, other than that little stretch there, uh, six weeks. 
two, maybe closing on two months where they had um, uh, Dylan Holloway on LTIR. They really haven't had much in the way of injuries this year. So they've been accruing money. They do have a little bit of cap space. Uh, and now obviously carrying a, a more leaner, uh, you know, 21 man roster, they are accruing a bit of space now too. So they'll have a little bit of space. They do have a, a couple that you mentioned those three names um, in terms of tradable contracts to open, open a little bit more money. Um, you know, they, I don't know Gensel's cap hit uh, right off top of head, but if uh, they can get get them down, get Pittsburgh down to half, and um, you know, have a little, bit, you know, be able to crew a bit more room, you know, maybe they don't have, maybe they can get rid of somebody a little bit uh, less expensive too, uh, um, whether it's Gensel or, or somebody else making a bit less. But there's potential to really add to this team in a meaningful way if the Oilers want to do that. And yeah, there's the, they don't have a lot of, of future assets. You know, there's that first you mentioned. Again, that's why I go back to Broberg, um, because the farm is pretty barren. I mean, Raphael Lavoie is further along in his career age-wise than, than uh, Broberg. So I should say they're the, they're the same age. It seems like Lavoie has been around longer, but he hasn't, he's, he's, he has not played nearly as much in the NHL as, as Broberg. And then you look you, after that, you're going down to guys like Xavier uh, Borgo, who's starting to play a bit better at Bakersfield. But certainly, um, you know, I, I think the jury's still out on him. And I, I would imagine a lot of teams feel the same way. A very young player hasn't played in the NHL yet. So um, they don't have a lot there. But if you're going to use future assets like a first, like Broberg, like some of those guys I mentioned, um, you, got, you have to make sure you're getting a, a legitimate um, player that can make a difference on this team, and I, and I think if they can get that guy, I I, I believe they'll strong con- consider moving some of those future assets. Thanks for this, Daniel. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. All right, Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic. We'll take a break. Your comments on the way. Lot you were very heated just a sudden a uh, minute ago, and we'll get to all of those. You're, you're angry. I, I can feel it. We'll talk about it. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Great song by Johnny Cash. So I've been, like, hanging out a little bit trying to look at this CFL free agency all day. When you're live on the radio and free agency is happening, it's so damn hard uh, to keep up to date because, you know, guys are signing and you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, was that announced two weeks ago? And, and maybe it was like four days ago you read it, but it's not official till it's official. The Herdman Reed brothers are back with the Rough Riders. Rough Riders must be done by now. My goodness. Do they have everybody under the sun? Like, what are we doing here? I mean, I'm just, you know, there's, there's a limit on people you can bring to, you know, yeah. each game. No, Justin, one of the, one of the uh, Herdman Reed brothers there, Justin is a great special teams player. There, um, I see Terry Godwin is going back to Hamilton. Um, yep. Derek Wigan is an Alouette, and your team has signed like eleven guys. I know Malik Carney was a big one. Micah Johnson was another one. Jalen Edwards Cooper. I'm asking this AJ only because Led. I haven't seen it since the uh, the returner signed. Have the Elks done anything? I have not seen any elk signing. Probably waiting for Jason's show. They might be. They might be. Maybe they're going to let him break the news. I mean, Leak is a nice signing, and oh they my need goodness. that. Javon sure. Leak can fly out of no. like like th- Mario Alford is a guy who had like a year as a return guy where you probably would have won the special teams. Yeah, well, if he could turn the corner, he was getting yeah. places for sure. And Javon Leak was better than that. Yeah, he, was. he had an incredible no. year. No. So, and then of course we're we're still waiting. The big story today 
and we'll talk about it tomorrow because I imagine it'll be out by this time tomorrow is Morgan Riley. Yeah. I I've read everything I could. I listened to the O Dog. Uh, I listened to Gregor. I've listened to just about everybody. Me and Donovan. Right. And I think I think the range of possibilities is buy everybody in the league a Coke to eight games. So one of those two or something in between. I'm going to say five games. So this is our... I said five games at the beginning, but I'm staying with my five. You want to revise your number. What are you saying now, Declan? I am going to say six. He appeals and gets it reduced to four. Okay. So I am doing quite the uh, left turn here. All right. And what about you, Donovan? I said six yesterday. Today, I am going to say... I'm going to say five. Five. And you said how many? Six, but I think he appeals and gets it down to four. And I said five. Yeah. You said five. If um, I originally said eight, and that, that's I'm realizing yeah. now that's too many. All right, so if it's five, you owe both of us a McRib. Okay, and if it's six, then nobody pays anything. Hold on, I don't get anything if it's six. I, I think that's what Mrs. Andrews told me. That's how you're supposed to be treated. And you guys both get sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm just the intern here. My goodness, people should buy me things all the time. Yeah. What if What if we just I just get Donovan two sandwiches instead? Well, the, probably that's best for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can do. I can live. I with think that. we could probably you know go ahead. It's a great song, except it's the Flames Wind song at Saddle Dome. I prefer La Bamba. Well, it's we're Twang Tuesday, and La Bamba is a great song. We I, I would have no problem playing it any day, but that was sort of the theme. But something some things are bigger than your rival's goal song. Exactly. And. Twang Tuesday is one of them. Well, Yurem, no, yeah, it was Yeremchak who could not, like, he loved that damn Hall & Oates song, You Make My Dreams Come True. Oh, it's it, great. I mean, I don't blame him. Great song. Turned into uh, the, the Maple Leafs goal song, was it? I can't remember. Yep. And But he's kept playing it. And I kept saying, why don't you do I Can't Go For That, No Can Do, great song. Or Adult Education, Sarah Smile, She's Gone. They had so many great songs. Man eater, totally right. That's, that's the one we oh, should work. Oh, here in. she comes. Yeah. Oh, oh, here. Oh. Great stuff. Maybe tune in tomorrow. I have a funny feeling we might. Uh, you might hear man eater on the airwaves if you tune in tomorrow. Maybe La Bamba. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Do you know the have... best the best bumper song in history? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. When it was a top forty song, I I lived to hit the post, and it was hard to do. But walking on sunshine by Katrina and the waves. Have you ever heard it? Uh, yeah, I played it the other day for okay. uh, for for the Friday Dawn of the Nations. Mm. Oh wow, yeah. stunningly good intro. Yeah, you're right because I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, Kitikero. I'm surprised you didn't say "Mamma Mia" by ABBA is the best bumper song. Oh, you hear it every well, Monday. We built a segment around it. ABBA's best song intro is "Dancing Queen" by far. Ah, it's so good. I did, not there, but it is good. Yeah. The best ABBA song? I don't know. They got a lot. It might be "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme." That one gets me. You know, have you ever heard Ring Ring by ABBA? It's not a big hit, but it's a great song. SOS is, I I love that song too. I just think of Mamma Mia when I think of ABBA. Like the movie or the The movie? Yeah. No. And I. They were great. Take a chance on me. Waterloo. Takes it all. Waterloo was their first song. My goodness. Majors. I might listen to that song right now. Chikikikikita. People mock me when I say I love ABBA because they think I'm lying. I love ABBA. How could you not love ABBA? Everyone loves ABBA. If someone says they don't love ABBA, they're a liar. Everyone loves ABBA. That's what I say. Yeah. It's nothing but good positive vibes.
Anyway, people are mad, and I like I never criticize Connor McDavid because why would you criticize as close to perfection as we'll see? Um, but this is a good point from Brandon from Victoria. The ice was awful in L.A. They just played basketball on top of the wood over the ice. Zamboni can only fix so much. I'll say, um, I'll say that I think he was off. Not like he's. This is this is a brilliant hockey player. I don't know how he combines his brain, his hands, and his feet as he does. He's so top drawer. Being critical of him is is ridiculous. But based on his own past, his recent performance has been just a little off timing wise. That's all I'm saying. I'm not being in any way critical of him because I really do think we're watching something special. McDavid will win the scoring race this year. Just watch. 17 points behind. That's four games for McJesus from DevTron. I remember one time I called him McJesus on my blog and I got called out by everybody. Clergy, guys who didn't believe in God, people who just had a grudge. Swifties. Totally. You know, all over it. The oil business Big oil, little pneumonia, Q-tip people, they were all come. Everybody was coming at me. So I stopped doing it, but, you know. LT, do you think there's any chance the order is trading away Campbell and retaining if the cost of retention is less than a buyout? I think there's a chance, but I think it's a summer deal, and I think it's unlikely. It's like, how do we get rid of Declan? Carrying big money, <laughs> guaranteed contract. Yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. The buyout would have to be pretty substantial. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you yeah. got to have a soft landing spot because oh, you know, nobody wants to hurt Declan. I'm I'm like I'm like Kyle Kuzma with the Wizards. I want to build something here long term. I want to be a part of the foundation. You know, I don't want to go anywhere. I remember Eric, job's not finished. When Eric Belanger signed here for two years, and he said, "I believe in it so much, I want to be here." You know, for the whole time. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> sure, because. You know, you're such a cornerstone, Eric Belanger. <laughs> the, the money was, you know, not that great. It was fantastic for Eric Belanger. I don't blame him in the least. I do think that he was a little hard on Nell Yakupov, though. Run this if you can pull off the trade. This is from McClintock. I want your opinions. We have time. McDavid, Nuge, Hyman, Dry, Kane, Perry, McLeod, Fogel with Jenner in the middle, Holloway, Gagne, Brown. If you can get Jenner, do you like that? I like Boone Jenner a lot, um, but personally, that had him in the third line, correct? Yeah, I would McLeod on the same on the left wing. I would probably play Boone Jenner as a top six forward if I'm if I'm being totally so honest. So you play him with with Drysaddle and Kane? Yes. Okay. I feel like that would be a pretty relentless line on on, on the forecheck, and I feel like that would be a big heavy line that would work really well. Holloway, Fogel, McLeod on the third, Holloway, which is a nice line. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's, it's got some speed to it. I I think that would be. I think I would I would put Boone Jenner as the second line player mm-hmm. there, but uh, Boone Jenner would be a really nice add. I just don't know will Columbus trade. Their captain, especially with how good of a leader he is for guys like Fantilli, Kent Johnson, and, and you know all these other young guys that Columbus has, and you'd have to pay around. them for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. In simplest terms, I like him. In your scenario, he was playing as the third line center. I probably like. I don't. I probably like McLeod a little bit more as a center because he's fast. Yeah, right, I, you know. a Boone Jenner is. I think a, like obviously a better player. I don't think anyone's debating that. But I don't know if I would want to build at to build with McLeod on the wing in the long term. 
And for that reason, does it improve your team in the immediate future? Yes. Would I do it? Yes, but I would still do it with some hesitancies. Okay. This comes from J-Man. We need reggae Wednesdays. We, we can do that. Legalize it. No woman, no cry. We could do that. My reggae knowledge would be uh, pretty gone pretty quick. I think I would get in about two songs and then... But uh, it would just be the same two Bob Marley songs on repeat <laughs> all Wednesday. <laughs> There's lots of reggae. We could play ska. We could play the specials. I, I, those are going over my head. I don't know those ones. Uh, I well will enough. bring you records from home. We, we'll have to spin it like the original disc jockeys. Yeah. Because that's how... We'll, they're probably not in the system. That's how we'll have to get them on there. Three Little Birds... We could do we could do lots of that stuff, man. Is, is don't Peter worry, Tosh. Bobby McFerrin is that reggae? Oh, no. or is that just a good song? All I can think of is oh. "I Shot the Sheriff." Well, at least that's a reggae song. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, don't. What, what, what song, yeah. Bobby McFerrin? Don't worry, oh. don't be cry. happy. Lots well, of is that, that the same song? No, I don't that's know. a different song. Is You're thinking of song? "No Woman, No Cry." Oh, am I? We're driving. <laughs> we're driving low tide mad here. I, I weep for fuming. the future. You know, it's like it's like saying, I say, I like reggae, and you say, that's right, I really like Celine Dion. I mean, That's not comparable. Sure Bobby it is. Like, had a little he had an accent. Him. That's not the same as a reggae song. It was a little Rasta. Oh, God. Don't worry. Rasta Man Vibration. We could even play The Clash. They had some reggae-feeling songs. Did they? Oh, yeah. White Man and Hammersmith Pele, they could do that. You could do, you could play that. Guess we got uh, tomorrow all sorted, except for Round Ball Rock. That's oh, well, Wednesday we got to play it. And this is just an idea. We don't have to do it. Like, it's not like I imposed my will on Twang Tuesday because I wanted it. This is something that, this is not a, a need, it's a, it's a want. <laughs> this, this is, is the democracy. One, <laughs> this is the one where the soldiers start pushing back a little and say, no, King Low Tide, oh, no. Buffalo Soldiers, a great song. We okay. can play that. That is actually a great song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so now all of a sudden you know how it's a good idea. I do know that song off the top of my head, but um, there's about three or four songs and they would get repeated too much. I could bring it in. By the way, uh, Condor's play tonight, Borgo on the top line with Peterson and Kajula. He has to take advantage of this. He has to. Uh, I'm a big believer in him, but man, time does run out. It does, because one day you're called the kid, and then the next day Declan walks in the door and nobody pays any attention to you. That's the way the world works. Go, Xavier Burgo. Have we got anything else we need to take care of? No news on Riley, no more elk signings. I think we're good to uh, sign off. I really enjoyed today. I like this three-man thing. As soon as I like it, it'll go away, but I'm really enjoying it. Thanks, lads. I appreciate it. Jason Greger on the way. It's time for an update.